I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on September the 7th, 2009. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. You'll see the other sites I have up there for emergencies. Bookmark them for future use in case the big sites go down again. And that way you'll have somewhere to get the latest audios from. And you'll see that there's CuttingThrough.Jankness.com, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.net.us. There's Alan Watt, CuttingThroughTheMatrix.ca, and there's also Alan Watt, Sentinel.eu. That last site has all the same audios, plus it has the advantage of having a lot of transcripts written of these audios for print-up, and they're written in the various languages of Europe. Now remember, too, that you bring me to you, you the listeners, bring me to you through buying that which I have for sale on my website and donating to so you'll find out how to do it on the website. There's different means. You've got uh, MoneyGram and some uh, inventive people uh, who like to cut out the middleman simply send cash. And that's okay too. So it's up to you, the listeners, to keep me going. And plenty of people are using uh, this information that comes out of this show. And it gets all over the planet very, very quickly. And it's just a pity that more of them wouldn't help you out or donate along the way. But that's the lifestyle that we have these days is the me generation. And even people don't even want to mention your name when they copy what you're doing. And once again, the people of the planet are grazing into this new world order and adapting, as Skinner would call it, adapting along the way to every change that comes along. Until very shortly, they'll have no memory of how life was uh, before 9-11, 2001. And certainly the children who are brought up now under basically a martial law scenario will think it's quite, quite natural. They've already gone through the padding of the, been padded down at schools and gone through motion detectors and, and metal detectors and all that stuff. So this brave new world of totalitarianism is quite natural to them. Plus they've all been trained that you don't need privacy anyway. They like putting everything up on Facebook and everything and so on. Exactly what tyrants have looked for for thousands of years, how to gather total information on every single person at all times. That was part of the Stasi's uh, motto, you know. They were the shield and the sword of the party. And the Stasi said they had to know everything about everything all the time. And here they are putting it all up for free. All up for free. Amazing, eh? And people just adapt and adapt into this new... Plato's Cave, where they'll still think they're free as they bend over for every uniformed guard that comes along. I'm Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. I always think back when I read different reports in newspapers where things creep out there and they try to play it down, downplay it into something of insignificance or, or they tell the hair, don't worry about this, this will never happen and it'll never be used. And I always think of Arnold Toynbee. Arnold Toynbee, there were two of them, the father and the son, they both uh, had professorships at Oxford University. They ran the Rhodes Scholarships, basically they taught the Rhodes Scholars for international New World Order status and sent them all over the planet where doors just opened automatically and they became heads of different countries or at least heads of the bureaucracies, if nothing else. Bill Clinton was one and others have been before him. And there's lots of them in uh, the Canadian uh, civil service and in government and uh, there's lots of them too in every other country now they're not just the British or, or English speaking countries 
But world citizenship was an old, old idea. And Toynbee, in the 1930s, spoke to the International Socialist Workers Movement. And I think it was held in Denmark at the time. Uh, because uh, you see these characters, these elitist uh, characters at the very top, and they are elitist, like communism is elitist, it's run by elitist at the top. Uh, it's part of socialism, it's just a different way of getting there, faster way of getting, getting there. And Toynbee said, in true Fabian style, because he was also a member of the Fabian Society and the Royal Institute for International Affairs, he said, we always deny with our lips that which we do with our hands. That's how simple it is to con the public. Uh, well, we know this document says this, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Nothing will happen. It'll never be used. That kind of stuff. And they've always done that, all done through uh, politics from his day onwards, as they keep the hair nice and placid and tell us to graze, you know. And people have been talking, for instance, about the quarantines coming up for these mandatory inoculations. Now, if you go into the World Health Organization's website, you'll see that the, the 2006 meeting, they wanted the whole world to have governments force the populations into taking flu shots regularly, mandating it by law. And they wanted it kicked off with a scary scenario, you see. And then, lo and behold, we find out that in 2007, Glasgow SmithKline Corporation that has the patents on this uh, green monkey disease, so this wine flu thing. 2007, they had the patent for it before uh, it broke out in 2009. Which tells you that was one of their, as I read last week, one of their, their little tests that the World Health Organization admits to leaking out. They admit to leaking out live viruses of what they call um, more milder flus to track it, how it moves in society and how the public responds to it and so on. They call it mock-ups, but they're live viruses. And they say themselves, these live viruses might just mutate from person to person into, uh, into a more deadly strain. So that's how they practice on the public, you see. All it tells you is everything's been set up for future events. That's what I'm telling you here. Uh, with the collusion of these characters. Because, you see, under the New World Order, we're the peasants. We're being taught to accept, but most folk unfortunately do accept they're just peasants now. And lots of folk like socialism. It gives them time to play while weightier matters are dealt with by experts above them, faceless, unknown people to them. And that lets them play, you see. Because that's one thing they wanted the people to do for a long time was to get them out of even watching and following the political arena and just leave it to the experts. And that's what the New World Order is all about. They tell you to jump and you jump. You do. That's what it's all about. Very, very simple. An ordered society where, where people will be told uh, what you're going to work at. You'll be told if you can breed uh, because of your good or bad genes. And eventually, you see, once medicine comes in, medicine is now an authority. And as, as Lenin said, they bring up all these services that eventually become authorities. And now they're brought up to full power. They speak with authority, with government backing. And they start maybe with your body, right down to who has the rights of your corpse even, or your organs. And then they come along and say what you want, they're going to stick into your body. And you adapt, again like Skinner says, you adapt and adapt and you adapt into a cage. And eventually it's going to be 
adaptation into sterilization. And we'll all accept it because we'll read all this. There'll be massive uh, um, amounts of programs on television, documentaries by the experts. And, oh, we can't go on like this. There's too many inferior types being born, you know. And too many people are getting, getting born with uh, asthma and allergies and things. And, and they'll cost the burden on society, you know. And they'll adapt and adapt into that. I can see it all because people do adapt. They, they don't stand up and say enough, you know. They don't stand up and say, look, uh, this Tower of Babel has got to be disassembled and we're going to do it. You see, you can't ask the perpetrators to do it themselves because they won't, obviously. you got to go ahead and do it. It's the same with all these town halls and all the rest of it from your local grassroots right up to the top. It's time the public walked in and simply fired them all. Fired them all. And all these agencies that give themselves government backing status have to be fired along with them. Because, you see, it's either us or them. And I'm not kidding about that. It's down to us or them. They have a mandate. They know what their mandates are. We've seen Agenda 2000. We've seen the Millennium Report from the United Nations and the Greening Reports and all the rest of it, sustainability reports, and they want everyone crowded into already overcrowded cities for the next 30 years as they bring the populations down, and they want all the rural people off the land. That's in their United Nations reports. So they know where they're going. While the public play, that's all they do, play all the time. Uh, These characters are moving steadily ahead, and everyone else is just saying, Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear about it. It's unpleasant. It's negative. Tell me something positive. That's all the New Agers, you see. They've been trained that way. We've all heard about the quarantine stuff coming down and how government uh, denied it. Just like, as I said earlier on, uh, we always deny with our mouths or lips that which we do with our hands. Uh, and of course we know darn well they were building quarantine facilities for a long time this is the Iowa Independent it's from the, uh, by Linda Waddington and it says here a quarantine template created by the Iowa Department of Public Health and accessible through the Centers for Disease Control website I've checked both of them out and it's up there on the, of the CDC's website should not be of great concern according to a press release from health department officials. IDPH wants to make it clear that Iowa has not issued any isolation and quarantine orders for novel influenza, that's the H1N1, and has no plans to issue any this fall, officials told or wrote in the press release. You know, we don't even need names now, we need officials like or experts, and that's good enough. We're trained, Bertrand Russell was right, they've trained us into the Many public health Departments prepare such templates in preparation for public health emergencies, the agency said, but isolation and quarantine orders are only very rarely used in very specific situations. Double speak, you see. Questions regarding the quarantine template should be directed to the Center for Acute Epidemiology within the Iowa Department of Public Health, then they give you the phone number. The template, which as expected contains several fill-in-the-blank information areas is dated May the 1st, 2009, and reads as follows. Before the Iowa Department of Public Health directed to, and this is insert full name and address of subject of orders. You're now subjects, you see. 
if they, if they say that you're going to quarantine, you're a subject. That's how it was in the British Empire. You're a subject of the Queen. Not personally, but you're a subject. <laughs> it says, facility quarantine order. The Iowa Department of Public Health Department has determined that you have had contact with a person with novel influenza A H1N1. Novel influenza A H1N1 is a disease which is spread from person to person and is associated with fever greater than 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Cough, sore throat, rhinorrhea, that's runny nose, nasal congestion, body aches, headaches, chills, and fatigue. Novel influenza H1N1 presents a risk of serious harm to public health, and if it spreads in the community, severe public health consequences may result. The department has determined that it's necessary to quarantine your movements to a specific facility to prevent further spread of this disease. The department has determined that quarantine in your home and other less restrictive alternatives are not acceptable because they didn't tell, they didn't tell the reason why not, but they don't trust you or whatever. It says the person does not have appropriate home setting conducive to home quarantine, etc. The department is therefore ordering you to comply with the following provisions during the entire period of quarantine. That's what terms of confinement, your order to remain at the quarantine facility, name, dates, blah, blah. Requirements during confinement, during the period of quarantine, you must not leave the quarantine facility at any time unless you receive prior written authorization from the department to do so. You must not come into contact with anyone except the following persons, other persons who are also under similar quarantine orders at the facility, Authorized healthcare providers and other staff at the facility, authorized department staff or other persons acting department, and such other persons as are authorized by the department. So they, they do exist, but they don't really intend to use them. We're cutting through the matrix. Talking about the, the way that they always lie to the public, basically. That's all they have to do is spread their hands out and say, oh, don't be silly, don't be silly, children. We'd never do that. And uh, and then they go ahead and do it, of course. And strangely enough, people will actually see them doing it and still deny that they're doing it because they've been told they're not doing it. That's a strange thing, double thing. Kay Orwell explained that very well. And from there, from the Iowa uh, Independent to, this is, uh, I think it's Global Research, it carries on with the same story here. And it says here, the last statement of the IDPH is notoriously ambiguous. If indeed isolation and quarantine orders are rarely used, why then was a template prepared which explicitly contemplates an order pertaining to a quarantine facility? Moreover, the template was issued on, listen to this, May the 1st, at the very onset or outset of the H1N1 swine flu crisis in Mexico, barely two days after the WHO declared a level 5 pandemic advisory on April the 29th. So it was already ego. Why is it already ego? Because they want to get us used to this sort of idea of getting rounded up and put in, etc. into these places. This is a new world order. The new world order is vastly different from the old one. You create, you see, you use science to train the public. Scientific dictatorship, as Aldo Huxley called it. You see, experts are in charge, you see, of the New World Order, not any Republican idea or democracy idea where people have a say in things. We've all to do what we're told the same way as the Soviets. This is an upgraded Soviet system, the New World Order, designed by the West, the very rich men of the West, and to be implemented worldwide 
and that's what they're doing. That's what New World Order is. The age of enlightenment and reason, you see, where those who have the reason, uh, the, the ultra elites, uh, will have the right to rule you and tell you what to do, and you simply jump and obey. That's your only job and only duty, jump and obey. You see? It says here, are we playing on words? The template already contains the essential features of a formal quarantine order, which suggests that quarantine procedures are contemplated within the Iowa Department of Public Health. The result of these procedures have led to the formulation of the blank template. The issue, therefore, is not whether a quarantine order has been activated. The issue is the state of Iowa has contemplated a policy of forced confinement. That's what it is. Two, at some future date in the next few months, the blank template entitled Facility Quarantine Order could be activated with a view to actually implementing the quarantine procedures. By the way, every other state will have the same, because from the CDC. And I'll put links up for the CDC website as well, where they also explain this. Also of significance is the fact that this template entitled Facility Quarantine Order has been endorsed by the Atlanta-based Center for Disease Control, the CDC. They don't just do it for one state, you see, which has published a document on its website. The CDC is the main federal agency responsible for H1N1 pandemic preparedness in coordination with other governmental agencies, including FEMA, Homeland Security, state and municipal governments, as well as in liaison, with the World Health Organization, which is at the top. So isn't that interesting that uh, they declared this, uh, as I say, back in May the 1st, for the template to get made at the very outset of the H1N1 swine flu crisis in Mexico, two days after the World Health Organization declared a level 5 pandemic advisory. Now, why would this be so quick and fast? Well, as I say, the 2006 meeting of the World Health Organization, who've been chomping at the bits to take their rightful place as, a, as the authority over the world in matters of health, they want, they want everyone on the planet to start to get used to taking annual shots of all different kinds right through your life. And they said if we just kick it off with one of them that were mandated, we'd get, they could train the public to go along with the rest. That's why, you see, they had the template issued on May the 1st. That's why Glasgow Smith Klein uh, had the patent for this thing before the swine flu broke out. Why did they have that? Because they obviously were the ones that the World Health Organization used to put out you know, this, this, this calm-down, uh, timid flu, as they call it, these little exercises to do by releasing it into the population to follow up how it tracks. That's why there was already a vaccine made for it, you see. That's why. Simple, isn't it? Very, very simple. And once again, about the, the flu, he's, he's writers, and they're on about so the flu drugs. This is August 22nd, 2009. Flu drugs inappropriate for healthy adults, they found. That says, uh, the flu drugs, Tamiflu and Relenza, may not be worthwhile to treat seasonal influenza in healthy adults. Researchers in Britain reported on Friday, recommending the use of antiviral drugs for the treatment of people presented with symptoms is unlikely to be the most appropriate course of action, wrote Jane Birch of the University of York and colleagues. The study published in The Lancet, Infectious Diseases magazine, supports 
an advisory from the World Health Organization that says healthy patients who get H1N1 swine flu without suffering complications do not need to be treated with antivirals. And by God, they've made billions off the hype, haven't the media? Oh, haven't they? Oh boy, these big fatsos are getting fatter. This is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. But matrix, gentlemen, matrix really is just the reality that's been presented to you and you've swallowed through scientific indoctrination that's been augmented and bolstered daily by indoctrination from media, newspapers, and even from your entertainment. Big one, facts entertainment. You don't realize you've been brainwashed into political correctness. And the whole idea of the Soviet system, of course, was political correctness. That's where we get the term from. And today, there are so many political incorrect things you can be had for, for saying. You can't really speak uh, honestly anymore, or even innocently anymore, without them coming down on you. That is the Soviet system. The exact same one that Norman Dodds talked about when he was doing the Rees Court Inquiry into why the big foundations, you know, the Rockefellers, etc., the globalists were funding all the left-wing movements that appeared to be communistic. And they were told, of course, that it was because eventually they'd merged the two systems together, an upgraded, more high-tech kind of Soviet system, the new Soviet. And that's what the world is. That's also the collectivist system. It's called different names, you see. Same thing, though, that uh, the Club of Rome uh, advocated democracy was simply too time-wasting. They couldn't get their agendas fulfilled because people would argue about, uh, with them about it. Therefore, they chose collectivism, which is a, a top-down thing. You just simply get the guys at the top who know the agenda, and the peasants beneath them all obey. And in between, you have a massive bureaucracy of organizations that didn't used to belong to government, but now they have governmental authority. That's what you're under today, and that's why every government on the planet since 9-11 suddenly brought all the different experts on board. They're unelected, they're all appointed for all these new positions, uh, like the science czars, medical czars, uh, even the greenie czars to do with the greening and sustainability czars and carbon tax czars, and they're not calling them czars. And the media, by coincidence, this is a message for the public. This is how they communicate to each other with their little jokes. You see, it truly is the upgraded, Sovietized system. It's here, in place, and it means business. That's what the massive response after 9-11 was all about, to get this all introduced. The machinery has all been set up. And we've all to be turned into little slaves to save the world and serve the world, according to the Royal Institute for International Affairs, because that's been its motto all along, a world of service. Everyone will be in service, you see, meaning a slave. That's what it means. And they will call it utopia once it's all finished and they've got rid of all the inferior types because eugenics really is at the top of the tree here and they're going to do preventive um, eugenics which means they'll literally by taking samples of your DNA decide if that child should be aborted because down the road it might develop this, that or the other maybe, you see and that's what they're going, that's where they're going and again you're now used to the fact that your body does not belong to you step by step it all works out perfectly in the end you see, you're, you're you're actually attacked from, from different sources without it coming clean out and, and one, any one source as to where they're going with it. But subconsciously, your brain takes it in and then when they go forward with the real, but the really after, you accept it. And here is from cnsnnews.com, September 4th, 2009. 
And here's the Jesus right here again. It says here, Obama regulation czar. 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 That comes from, you see, the Soviet system, you see. Czar. Obama regulation czar. Who, what is a, what's a regulation czar? Anyway, he advocates removing uh, people's organs without explicit consent. This is by Matt Cover. Cass Sunstein. Sunstein. Hmm. Speaking at Harvard Law School, uh, it says here, uh, President Barack Obama's uh, nominee to head the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. That's just like, you know, Britain had a Department of Information in wartime as well. That's what told you all the lies and propaganda. So he's the head of Information and Regulatory Affairs has advocated a policy under which the government would presume someone has consented to having his or her organs removed for transplantation into someone else when they die, unless that person has explicitly indicated that his or her organs should not be taken. Under such a policy, hospitals would harvest organs from people who never gave permission for this to be done. Outlined in the 2008 book, Nudge, Improving Decisions About Health, Wealth, and Happiness. Well, see, that's a good statement there. Health, wealth, and happiness. See, you've got to be stinking rich to get a transplant uh, these days, so you've got to be very wealthy to get your health, which makes you happy. I guess that's how it works. Sunstein and co-author Richard H. Taller argued that the main reason that more people do not donate their organs is because they are required to choose donation. See, these guys, are, they don't like this in the New World Order where you, have to, you can make decisions. See, it's so untidy when you make decisions, and here they are with all these mandates, you see, and they can't get the mandates done because you've still got some rights to make decisions. So I'll read that last part again for the harder thinking. It says, Richard H. Taller and Sunstein argue that the main reason that more people do not donate their organs is because they are required to choose donation. Oh, how, how upon a nuisance, eh? Sunstein and Tyler pointed out that doctors often must ask the deceased family members whether or not their dead relative would have wanted to donate his organs. These family members usually err on the side of caution and refuse to donate their loved one's organs. The major obstacle to increasing organ donations is the need to get the consent of surviving family members, said Sunstein and Tyler. This problem could be remedied. I love how they phrase it, eh? If governments change the laws for, for organ donation, they said. Currently, unless a patient has explicitly chosen to be an organ donor, either on his driver's license or with a donor card, the doctors assume the person did not want to donate and therefore do not harvest the organs. Taller and Sunstein called this explicit consent. They argued that this could be remedied if government turned the law around and assumed that unless people explicitly chose not to, then they wanted to, to donate their organs. A doctrine they call presumed consent. Oh boy, these guys certainly have it. They must have been studying their, their holy book in depth. They find a way. Amazing, eh? Isn't that amazing? Presumed consent preserves freedom of choice, but it's different from explicit consent because it shifts the default rule. Under this policy, all citizens would be presumed to be consenting donors, but they would leave, have the opportunity to register their unwillingness to donate. So now forget your, your donor cards. What you want is a, a no-donate tattoo scribed somewhere, especially all over your chest where they want to rip you open and take your organs out to keep very, very, very wealthy people alive. 
Or maybe then once they're finished with you, that they'll change it again too and say, you really want to be hung on the wires that the Chinese corpses after you've been soaked in plastic and put you on exhibit. Because that's where it's all gone, folks. That's where it's all gone. They're telling us we're nothing. We're just animals, you see, at the bottom level here. We're just animals. So that's how they're getting around that. And this is where it's all going. This is the SARS. They're calling it a SAR once again, you see. Quite something else, isn't it? Quite something. But there's no, there's no lack of shocks these days at all, to be honest with you. Here's an article here, too, about uh, the swine flu. Swine flu, this farce of the swine flu. And that's what it is. And it's Mercola it came from. And uh, it, 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 you have to look, really go down, scroll down quite a, a, a ways. It's September the 8th, 2009. The swine flu vaccine has been hit by new cancer fears after a German health expert swine flu uh, vaccine gave it on a swine flu vaccine gave a shocking warning about its safety. Lung specialist Wolfgang Wodang has said that there are many risks associated with the vaccine for the H1N1 virus. The nutrient solution for the vaccine consists of cancerous cells from animals and some fear that the risk of cancer could be increased by injecting the cells. Well, that's the whole purpose of getting it, dummy. That's what they gave the polio shot out for. And by God, 20, 30 years later, everybody who's got it is coming down with all kinds of cancers. When will we get through our thick heads? What do you think depopulation means? Would you please step forward and allow us to annihilate you? No, it doesn't work that way. They go ahead and do it after having world meetings. And they've been having them since about 1918. Can they tell the children what they're doing? No. All they do is, like Toynbee says, we always deny with our lips that which we do with our hands. The vaccine can also cause worse side effects than the actual swine flu virus, this goes on to say. And this site also says vaccine safety advocates everywhere are beginning to make a serious dent. According to a recent Fox News poll, the majority of people in the U.S. now believe the swine flu vaccine may be deadlier than the actual virus. See, folks, there's hope there yet. Hope there yet. Additionally, there's more good news when it comes to what healthcare professionals believe. Research published in the August 25th issue of the British Medical Journal reveals that more than half of doctors and nurses in public hospitals would also refuse the H1N1 vaccine due to concerns about side effects and doubts about its efficacy. Last week, it says here in this journal, I reported on the confidential correspondence between the British Health Protection Agency and 600 neurologists warning them to be on the lookout for cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome once the swine flu vaccine campaign begins. It says, I published earlier articles about some of the most dangerous ingredients in this vaccine, such as mercury, that's thimerosal, and squalene, which has been linked to the development of autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. And that's a fact, folks. It's a proven fact. Men never used to get lupus at all until, until the inoculations really started coming in in the 50s. And now we even have uh, juvenile arthritis because they're all getting the squalene in the shots and so on. So it's now German lung specialist Wolfgang Wodard has come out even more potential health, health risk associated with the swine flu vaccine. Interesting, Dr. Wodard also holds political office as chairman of the Health Committee in the German Parliament and European Council.
According to Dr. Wodarg, the swine flu vaccine contains animal cancer cells. And so this is a top guy speaking. And there's no data indicating whether or not this may cause an allergic reaction when injected. Well, never mind the allergic reaction. I just simply don't want any cancer cells from monkeys and fetal tissue and all the other concoctions of witches brew that have got out there stuck into me. Quite common sense, if you ask me. Now, this is an interesting one here. It's from Spiegel Online. German climate advisor, industrialized nations are facing CO2 insolvency. Isn't it amazing they create a complete fiction and then tell us we have an insolvency over it? It says here, uh, in a Spiegel Online interview, Hans Joachim Schellhuber, the German government's climate protection advisor. See, every company's got what these people are appointed now to protect the environment. It is such a farce, isn't it? Such a farce. This is argues that the drastic measures must be taken in order to prevent a catastrophe. He's proposing the creation of a CO2 budget for every person on the planet, regardless of whether they live in Berlin or Beijing. I told you they're going to tax you all into the ground, every, every breath you breathe. Mr. Shell Hoover, the goal that we set at the climate summit in Copenhagen in December for global warming is to 2 degrees Celsius, 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit above pre-industrial levels. How can this goal be reached? Well, it's quite simple. Inject all the people with this cancerous stuff. It will kill half them off and you'll achieve your targets. Have you thought of that, I wonder? Shell Huber, man, humankind has to limit itself to emit only fixed amount of carbon into the atmosphere until 2050. Even got the date set, this is amazing. The German Advisory Council on Global Change, WBGU, has conducted an audit to determine which countries should be allowed to emit how much carbon dioxide in order to remain within the two degree limit. The findings are sobering. Why? Because industrialized nations have already exceeded their quotas. Do you realize that each one of you is already over your quota? If you take into account past emissions, so they're backdating it to two of the dinosaurs. To have a two and three chance of reading that target, we could only emit 750 billion tons between now and 2050. For a three and four chance, we can only emit 660 billion tons. If you divide these emissions per person and compare them with the current output, you see that Germany, the U.S. and other industrialized nations have already have either already used up their permissible quota or will do so within the next few years. Isn't this just incredible? Isn't it really incredible? I mean, it's like something out of science fiction of dreamed up or some nightmare that you have and you wake up and say, thank God that was just bogus because nothing in it made any sense. Well, that's just what this is. It's an utter utter corn. This whole carbon stuff is another big battering corn to make you buckle under and obey and pay and pay and pay into a new system. And all these carbon taxes go through the Rothschilds Bank in Switzerland. What a coincidence. They'll handle all that cash and make trillions overnight to to switch that money all over the planet. Amazing, eh? It's amazing. Who would have thought they could have beamed up such a trick as this, though, eh? I mean, there's no, there's nothing, they, no, no length or limits they can go to. Even their whole science is utterly bogus. Completely, utterly bogus altogether. They know it, too. They know it at the top. But you see, that's how the Soviet Union ran. 
when they put something into legislation, you had to obey and go along and chat as though it was all true. George Orwell put that in his book 1984, see the movie with, with Richard Burton in it. No matter how ridiculous the orders were from above, they had to talk about it as though it was all genuine. And you had to really put on the, the great expressions on your face to make sure that, that those that watched you on camera believed you were, that you really believed this rubbish that you had to work towards and, and, and accomplish. This is what this is. This is what this is. This is more sophisticated than the ancient priests of old who, who, who told you that they were the keepers of the sun. And if you didn't pay them all your gold and silver, they were not going to pray for that sun to come up in the morning. This is even more sophisticated than that. It's, it's a bag of hot air. It's utter rubbish. Nonsense. Nothing. Nothing. Zilch. This is what they're pushing. And only the one small clique of scientists at the United Nations who are paid to push this communist crap. And that's what it is. Are the ones who keep hyping up at global warming and carbon, etc., etc., and they view the cause. This is the mandate from the big rich men of the earth, and it's up to us to throw it all out the window where it belongs. Take some gas aid, some rollage or something, get rid of it. Back with more after this break. This is Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. As I say, you know, after 9-11 happened, I went on the air and I said that, because I knew the whole agenda was going to get pushed from, it was obviously the beginning of a big kickoff for totalitarianism across the planet. The way that every country went into operation at the same time with the same exact mandate. And I said that the hardest thing you'll find from now on is keeping a hold of your sanity as we go through the bazaar. And that's what you're going through. Calculated psychological bizarreness, scientifically designed, mind you. And it's time for a caller, and there's John from Miami there. You there, John? Hello, Alan? Yes. Hello, how are you doing? I'm hanging in. Um, yeah. Just calling to let you know, I, this weekend I went to a, a concert that my wife uh, wanted to go to. It was a Depression Mode concert. And they had this, <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, everybody's just dancing around this. They came up with this, the song, A Matter of Time, and in the middle it was an all-seeing eye. Oh, yeah. Just looking at everybody. And the eyeball was staring at everybody. It was like a real eye looking at everybody. And everybody was just dancing around this. The main singer and the band was just dancing around this thing. It was like a sick, perverted kind of dance. Yeah. And, and I'm standing there, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I, I can't, you know, there's no way all these people here are just worshipping this. And they're seeing this eye, and then nobody noticed it. Yes. And and it was just amazing that part. I just I just thought you should let, I should let you know about that. Yeah, what, and, was, uh, what was the name of the show? Uh, it was uh, the Press Mode Concert okay. that they had down here. Yeah. Yeah. And the song was called "The Matter of Time." And when I came home and I actually listened to the song, the lyrics alone is amazing too, in there. And uh, but there was another thing too. I saw this movie over the weekend also with my wife. And uh, it's called The Unborn. And there was a part that she was in the bathroom. And on the bathroom wall, there was the thing that I've heard you said before. It was, uh, in the, it was an eyeball. It was an eye, the all-seeing eye. And it said, in the kingdom of the blind, the, one the one-eyed man is king. That's right. And, again, I was, my wife was like, why do you always, do you always see it? I'm like, because it's, like, it's so amazing that now I don't watch as much TV. And when I do watch these things, it's like it's there. It's right in your it. face. Yeah, it's right in your face. Yeah. It's the same with all the logos of all the big uh, 
TV stations and, and the news services too. Look at them. You'll see the peacock there, the different colours, so the Rainbow Coalition, all that stuff. It's yeah. all all the occult stuff is right in your face. They did one called River Dance in Toronto. It started off in Toronto as a, a musical there, a sort of dancing musical. And uh, I only saw a little bit on TV, and they uh, they showed you uh, these pyramids in the back. They're supposed to be in ancient times, and where this very white. Uh, blonde-haired people came from and it's all done with sort of Irish-type dancing around it and they go into the sun coming up over the pyramid and the eyes and the whole... This stuff happens all the time and, and the public haven't a clue what they're watching. Yeah, it was... It, when I was standing there, I was... The one thing, I kind of felt like at that point when I was looking at everybody and everybody was just dancing and worshipping this thing mm-hmm. and I was... And I felt like... At that point, I kind of felt hopeless. It was like, oh my God, you know... These these people, every single person, I guarantee you, they don't know what's going on. They don't. But then at the same time, I was thinking, it's exactly, I, we can't, we, there's no way we can fight these people, the New World Order. And, and we have to think outside the box. There's outside no way the we box, can think, de- definitely. Yeah. And you'll find one of, the earliest, uh, one of the earliest things to see if you can get a hold of it is, is the magic flute. That was written a long time ago, magic and flute. that was in the same uh, Masonic principles as all in your face in the magic flute. But that's okay. it for tonight, folks. So from Hamish and myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.